Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Relocating for a job is always a big thing, but when it involves moving to the other side of the world, to a country that speaks another language, it becomes an even more daunting prospect. G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and despite challenges like that, Italian-born scientist Dr Alessio Scalisi is now proud to call regional Victoria his new home. He's now Senior Technical Officer at Tatura Smart Farm. Working on advanced research projects, he says he would have never have had the opportunity to be involved with back in Europe. To find out more, he joins us for this AgVic Talk podcast. Alessio, thanks for your time. Thank you. Alessio, you are a long way from where you grew up and studied. Where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Sicily. So my parents uh, are originally from Catania, you know, where the city of the Etna volcano, you know. And then for work, they moved to Palermo, the other side of uh, Sicily, which is, you know, Palermo is the capital of Sicily, the main city. And that's where I was born and uh, where I grew up. That's a long way from northern Victoria. How did you end up in the smart farm? <laughs> yeah, so uh, basically I've always had this passion for horticulture and uh, in my studies I did travel quite a bit and then eventually ended up starting a PhD in Italy. And so what happened is that uh, in Italy or in Europe, you know, in general, PhD students decide to go overseas for, you know, to do a different experience, I guess, and learn something new, something different from a different culture. And so in the second year of my PhD, I was trying to find the best uh, location for to go and do some research. And because like I work in horticulture in, in orchards, uh, I wanted to kind of duplicate, duplicate the summer season. So I was looking for a place in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, there were not many options and, you know, my PhD uh, supervisor had a few contacts, uh, one in uh, Brazil and one in uh, a couple of contacts in Australia. So I decided to come to Victoria because uh, the contact uh, he had, you know, Dario Stefanelli was a, a scientist in AVR. Dario knew, uh, you know, the research that was being conducted at Tatura, especially on stone fruit, which was like one of the topics of my PhD and, you know, water stress and sensing water stress in uh, stone fruit trees. Um, so I just, you know, had this opportunity to uh, bring some sensors from Italy and study uh, water relations in uh, peach um, over here. And I could do it over the European winter months. So from September to May, where we basically have not much work in the orchards back in Europe. So I came to Australia and did the work here, and then I went back to Italy to finalise my PhD. It sounded like a great opportunity for you to obviously balance the seasons and also extend your studies overseas, but you said you went back to Italy, but you've ended up coming back to Australia, and that's on a more permanent basis, I understand. Yes, that's correct. So... Like a few years ago, I had no idea that, uh, you know, I was going to end up living and working in Australia. I was just like, you know, studying and doing different experiences. And then when I came to Australia, there were a few things happening. First of all, like the culture of shock and also uh, how much I actually liked living in the country of Australia, in the countryside. Like I'm not a big city person. 
I wanted to move away from cities. So if I had to live in a city, I would have stayed in Europe because there are so many cities, you know, nice, beautiful cities. And I studied in Germany, you know, in Austria, in the north of Italy. So I actually lived in cities and I had a feeling like that was not the type of life I wanted to live. So I, I just wanted to live in a, uh, doing my research in a, in a rural context, which is like perfect for, you know, what happens in Tatura, where, you know, we do research really next to the orchards where, you know, we can just go outside and, you know, look at the trees. And, and then it's like, you know, the country of Australia is so different from the country side, like in, in European countries. So I really liked it. And, and then I went back to Italy. And when I, you know, just before going back to Italy, I already made up my mind that I was going to try to come back to Victoria and see if there were opportunities for me. And then I came back in 2019. Since then, I started this new position and I'm very happy with it. That's a great story and, and, and a lot there that was involved. You also said, though, that there was a culture shock when you came here. So I assume there must have been a few things that you needed to get over. There's lots of opportunities, but, you know, any journey's got its bumps, I guess. Yeah, yeah. First of all, the, you know, the Australian accent was very different from the English I, I knew, but my English was... <laughs> <Entirely>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, the English I knew was not actually an English that I learned from, you know, living in uh, English-speaking countries. It was mostly from, you know, international studies that I'd done with people from very different backgrounds. So it was really a mix of uh, different accents and, and ways of speaking. But, you know, moving here... I learned a new, totally, completely different accent, and and now I'm fine. Like I, I like it, and uh, but at the start it was really difficult to understand, and you know a lot of people wouldn't understand what I was saying. You are on the other side of the world from your friends and your family. Clearly, you've got experience moving to new locations and developing new networks, but that would have been a very important thing—a a good social structure to support you in your career endeavors. Yeah, that's been, of course, one of the biggest challenges in terms of deciding to live so far away from you know my Italian family and friends and then COVID of course uh, didn't help and because I couldn't travel at least the time you know once a year back to Italy and see and I still haven't been there so I'm planning to go back in June for a couple of weeks uh, you know like in the meanwhile I got married and I had a young baby so I, I have a 16 month old baby now and you know my family in Italy of course wants to see her and they, they they could just see her, you know, on a video on a screen. That's an important connection. You obviously want to go back and establish further with your family. What about on the professional side, though, Alessio? Obviously, there was something here that drew you here to continue your work. So what are you actually doing and, and how's that challenging you professionally? Yeah, yeah. So my, my job is the main reason why I'm why I'm here because I really like what I do. I work with technologies and sensors and uh, we always, you know, change what we do. It's new research, new science on uh, in orchards. And there is a lot of like interest from the Australian uh, horticulture industries. So there is funds available for us to do research in this field in innovation, robotics, uh, technologies. And so it, it's wonderful from this point of view. Because like sometimes like we struggle, I remember the Italian universities and struggled sometimes to find funding opportunities. While here it feels, you know, like there's always an opportunity for us to do some interesting research. And, you know, there are so many advances every day and we can touch them with our hands and, you know, we can uh, 
kind of like be very important role players in in this advancement in uh, into agriculture 4.0 which is the future Alessio, that's such an interesting insight because so often the perspective is that it's entirely the other way around. You need to go overseas as an Australian to be exposed to those sorts of things where you've, you've actually found them in our backyard. Yes, that's right. It's always like <laughs> we tend to underestimate what we have, and, but the reality is that uh, Australia is a really good place to, to do research in horticulture. Like, it, it's, it's a beautiful place. And people, you know, I talk to growers. It's so difficult to talk to growers in, in, the, in Southern Europe. Like they... A lot of times they don't want to change their uh, mindset. It's re- it's really difficult to uh, you know drive them through you know big changes and you know paradigm shifts in uh, horticulture and innovation and technology and the way they should manage their businesses and you know to face what's coming. But here, every time I talk to growers or at least most of the growers are really switched on and you know they they're really passionate about what they do and they wanna they wanna see change. They wanna see how things are gonna develop in the future and they wanna see it in their farms, in their orchards. Alessio, you said they don't want to face things that are coming. Now, I I assume there you may be talking about access to water being one of them. Now, you're doing fairly important research regarding sensors. What are you actually doing? I work with different types of sensors, some of them like doing my PhD. And at the start of my work here, I did a lot of research on uh, plant-based sensing basically using sensors on leaves or fruit or trunks to estimate the uh, water stress of trees so that we can regulate the irrigation strategy so that we don't waste any water and we maximize the quality and the yield of our trees. So that was my focus at the start. Now I'm mostly working on predictive technologies like uh, non-contact sensing, uh, like cameras and uh, you know lidar, multi-spectral cameras to predict some important crop parameters by just driving up and down the orchards. So there is a lot to do with uh, artificial intelligence and predictive algorithms and how we can improve our management strategies in the orchards so that we maximize that you know fruit number and quality at the same time. You're working with some exciting technology as part of your job. It's central to your job. But my understanding, though, is you get to share that insight and enthusiasm for Ag 4.0 because part of the Tatura Smart Farm is you have secondary students come there. What does that involve? It feels like there is a growing interest in the the schools around here and in general in Victoria. There is a push to show students uh, what we do in uh, horticulture and agriculture in general uh, with these new technologies because like this way we are being able to capture the attention not only of the standard audience of you know students that usually decide to study or work in agriculture which is like most of them is usually students that come from a farming background with their families while now there are a lot of opportunities for uh, students that are interested in robotics engineering to join the agriculture sector and work in these industries that are you know rapidly developing and there is a lot of funding a lot of opportunities and you don't need a specific set of skills to work in agriculture because there are so many possible ways you can contribute to this industry like if you're interested in economics if you're interested in marketing if you're interested in science you know biology if you're interested in um, a, a lot of possible fields that are actually involved with uh, agriculture. 
that's a great insight, Alessio. So what would you say to a young person considering a career in agriculture in Victoria? Have you got any advice or any insights to share? I would say be committed and passionate and there will be always opportunities. Be open-minded and open to changes because the industries are developing so fast that we need to be flexible with our skill set and it needs to be flexible so that we can adapt to quick changes that are coming, especially being passionate about technologies and the implementation of technologies in orchards and, you know, farms, because that's what's coming. A lot of like, uh, there is shortage of labor. Uh, we know that. And, and there is an increasing interest in, in machines and, you know, robots in, uh, in orchard management. Alicia, you've come from the other side of the planet and, you know, you've taken this opportunity to work with somebody in Australia. But beyond that, I get the impression that, you know, you really had to work out a lot of things for yourself. What was your greatest support in trying to make that happen? Well, definitely, you know, the passion for the job I do for research and the fact that I really like living in the countryside of, you know, Australia and, you know, it's a beautiful place for me. I felt like support from the communities around Victoria. I never felt like anyone was judging me for my background because people in the in agriculture Victoria really do value your skills. So it's just a matter of like, you know, working hard. And then at the, at the end of the day, you'll be recognized for what you do. You'll be rewarded. And sometimes you do get uh, a bit lonely if you live in, in a rural context, especially if you come from a city. But, you know, because of the beautiful countryside, you know, uh, and the communities here, I think it's totally fine. Like it, it, it's definitely a nice place to work. Alessio, all the best for your ongoing work at the Smart Farm. And it sounds like you've well and truly made Australia home with not only a career, but a wife and a young daughter. Congratulations on that. And all the best for the road ahead. And thank you for sharing your journey with us on this AgVic Talk podcast. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government Melbourne.